What's up, guys? It's Little D from FMF. When I'm not mixing gas and hauling ass, I'm listening to Big MX Radio. Hey, guys, what's up? This is Andy Frisella here. You're listening to Big MX Radio. But when you're done with this episode, come check out the MFCEO Project, the MFCEO.com. I got all your motivation. I've got everything you need to know about running your brand. I've got everything you need to know about getting shit done, and we can do it together. can't expect that everyone is as passionate about racing as we are. We can't expect that everyone is able to hear the silent call of the sea at 5am. Not everyone possesses the ability to smell the difference between rich and lean. nor the ear to differentiate the bark of two cylinders from four. It would not be fair of us to assume that the world understands the yearning and overwhelming compulsion that we have to push through pain, angst, frustration and failure. Some people might not understand the desire to test physical limits, conquer fear, or to tangle with the forces of gravity and physics. But we don't make product for them. Look to the future, but embrace our past. We study, we analyze, we race on Sunday so we can innovate on Monday. We exercise trial and error religiously. through our commitment to the pursuit of perfection. We learn. How to make products for the people that are capable of dedicating everything to sport. Whether there is a championship involved or not. Alpine stars, one goal, one vision.
25. Moto here from Grundahl. Kingsley turns that five sideways. Brian, the gate is down. This is a sharp left-hander. Who's going to shot? Looks like Darcy Lange on that Richmond Gallon. Kawasaki gets the jump. That's where it all started. Big MX Radio, brought to you by Fly Racing USA, is on the air. Fueled by passion, focused on motocross. W Wheels USA, Moto Ice Wrap, Viral Goggle Brand, and Maxima USA make it possible to bring you the news, the interviews, and the point of views inside the sport of motocross. The gate's about to drop on Big MX Radio. Welcome to the SMF Big MX Radio Podcast. <clears throat> okay, I want to start that over. Sorry. Sure. Okay. So welcome to the FMF Big MX Radio Podcast Show. On the line with me today is Brad Gephardt. Brad, how are you? Hey, I'm not doing too bad, Matt. Uh, thank you for uh, for doing my intro there. Uh, it's a pleasure to uh, put the put the foot or the shoe on the other foot today, as uh, you're going to be the one firing the questions. I'm going to be answering them. Um, it's uh, it's become apparent to me that uh, some of the big MX listeners may not know my story or my uh, um, kind of uh, my take on a few things here and there, and also, also uh, how I got started in all of this. So I thought uh, since I've had you on a number of times to uh, chat with you about uh, different changes in Supercross, uh, race reviews, what have you, I'd give you the opportunity to uh, to come up with some questions of your own and uh, and kind of grill me on uh, all things Big MX Radio. Yeah, no, I'm I'm excited to do this, and I'm glad that you asked me to do it. So um, I guess if you're ready to jump into this, I've got my list of questions, and uh, do it. Absolutely, without further ado, and uh, and super thanks to Little D. At Don, Donnie Amler Jr. at uh, FMF, he is an awesome individual. He's been on the show a number of times this year, and that's uh, and, and that's for good reason because we love to have him on, and he's always uh, gives a ton of great feedback and um, a, great, a guy that gives back to the sport a ton. He is the presenting sponsor, and FMF is the presenting sponsor of this particular podcast, and uh, he is also bringing you uh, two thousand or nineteen ninety eight um, CR one twenty five. Um, pipe and silencer and that went in the mail today my friends so uh we're all excited about that awesome yes i uh i couldn't be more grateful for that and i'm looking forward to receiving it and get this project under underway for sure the finishing touch is uh, is in the mail my friend but uh yeah let, let's let's start to fire away uh i'm excited about this and uh no uh, i'm not not too sure if there's a better individual to do it than uh than a guy who's listened to a lot of the podcasts and uh kind of been along for the ride well, let's let's hope. So, I guess uh, my biggest question for you is uh, what uh, what got you into podcasting? What uh, what made you decide to start doing your own podcast? Um, honestly, and it's a great question. Um, what uh, what got me into podcasting is it's not actually a, a what; it's a who. And uh, um, it was back in the day. I guess. Uh, oh, my, 
not really back in the day, back back in 2011 or so, maybe 2010, uh, uh, like many younger, uh, early 20-year-old, uh, mostly tw- uh, teenage uh, people, we were, we were playing a lot of uh, MX Reflex and, and getting the motocross buddies together to play a bit of that. And I had a friend of mine by the name of Braden Johnson who uh, was an absolute phenom at that game as well as uh, a really tech-savvy guy. And he's actually the guy that I called after talking to you yesterday when uh, we tried to do this podcast and things weren't working. Braden is uh, is a computer scientist. He's super smart and uh, also a motocross nerd just like I am. And uh, one day he, he came over to a place and he wanted to show me a podcast that he was listening. I had never even heard of a podcast or what it was or, or, or anything like that. But uh, it, it, of course, was the the Pulp MX show. It was uh, a, a, a the, the Pulp MX radio podcast, and I believe David Pingery was uh, was a guest on the show. And uh, after that, I just sort of like I kind of I wouldn't say I got obsessed, but I just decided to, to kind of go through all of the the old shows and started listening to uh, about a three years worth of uh, of anthology that uh, Steve had collected at that point, and. Um, I just, I, it just became all I started to listen to, um, like the old podcasts with the old, um, the, the old champions and stuff like that, and just hearing all those stories. I love all the the the, the old stuff, the new stuff, all of it. And um, I started to find that uh, I I I literally started to kind of run out of content, and like, and I found, and I thought to myself, well. If, if I'm running out of content, a lot of the other listeners must be running out of content as well. And uh, there must be a way to kind of like build more of that, build the sport bigger, build more content for, for fans like myself to enjoy. And, uh, and to be completely honest, I wasn't um, like the, the, the brand of, of broadcasting or the level of broadcasting that I was hearing, um, whether it be Steve's show or the, the DMXS radio show – didn't really seem uh, over the top and uh, like kind of very very difficult for me to try to replicate. I found uh, myself I was I wasn't learning a lot of new things with the podcast. Uh, there, obviously, there's some personal stories that those guys share that I wasn't there for. So you learn new stuff like that. But um, a lot of stuff it just wasn't uh, outside of my own understanding. I didn't feel like I was learning a lot of new things. So I thought that um, I would take my opportunity and my knowledge and I would bring it and take it to a bigger stage, the Big MX radio stage. And um, I just, uh, I started doing the podcast and uh, um, it's, it's been really exciting and I, I've really enjoyed doing it. And I started really small and I would argue that I'm still pretty small, but uh, I, it gets bigger and bigger every single month and get bigger, bigger guests on. We, we have better conversations than ever uh, nowadays. And uh, it's been going on for all oh, this. We're, we're going into our fourth full year of doing podcasts and uh, I, I'm really enjoying it. Well, yes. And I, I haven't been there since the beginning, but I can definitely tell as you progress that you've gotten better, your guests have gotten bigger. Um, I'm starting to see more and more, um, you know, social media, um, Stuff, not just stuff that you post, but uh, more more stuff about Big MX Radio. So yes, you're definitely definitely growing for sure. So um, so what's 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 the name? Where did uh, Big MX Radio come from? 
Well, um, like they, it kind of has a, a sort of a double meaning. Um, what I really wanted to do when I started it was grow the sport bigger. And if if I could make uh, if I could make a splash, or if I could grow the sport as far as it's the attention to it, I'd be making the sport bigger. So it's bigger MX. But also, uh, my initials are B I G. My middle uh, my middle name uh, is um, it's a bit difficult to, for most people to uh, like pronounce if they just see it on paper but uh it's actually ingva it's a it's a german middle name it's a german first name is my grandfather's name and uh, but it gives me the, the initials big so uh to put a personal spin on it it's big mx uh is it kind of like my my uh my perception of it my uh i'm in full control this is all me like uh, although i have uh, some some people who come on and they were they they guest uh guest host with me and stuff like that but uh, for the most part, when you when you get Big MX Radio, you're getting Brad Gebhardt. Uh, so uh, Big and is is my initials, and uh, motocross is the game. So uh, Big MX it is. Well done. Okay. Um, I guess we'll just jump straight into uh, what uh, what got you started in motocross. What was what was the one thing or the one person who who drove you into the sport well for this one it would definitely be a person um like i i for the for the most part didn't really pay attention to motocross at a super young age i i grow up and i'm still in uh winnipeg manitoba canada where uh where, where it's it's about five six months of the year it's pretty much snow and cold and the bikes are uh bikes are put away so as a, at, a, at a very young age uh hockey was the, the name of the game and actually that one was my idea i saw it on tv and uh i basically begged my dad to get me a pair of hockey skates and then have me continue to do that on a regular basis and, and did so at a fairly high level uh up, up all the way up until i was uh in my late teens early 20s um but uh, one day, and I remember it like it was yesterday, my dad, uh, he's a construction worker, he's a uh, bricklaying contractor, and uh, he had this big flat deck tr- uh, truck, it was a, it was a one-ton truck, and uh, he had a little yellow 1998 DS, a Suzuki DS80 on the back of it as I was playing uh, road hockey with a friend of mine, and... Um, Dad jumps out of the truck and uh, he's got the bike at the back of the truck and I'm looking at it like uh, it's from another world and he says you're going to learn how to ride that thing and I said I don't think so um, but uh, it's it, it's slowly but surely and I do mean slowly uh, I think the bike actually sat in our garage for two weeks before I had the balls to ride it uh, and then probably another two years before I had the fa- uh, the balls to ride it fast by any means um, but uh, I was very reluctant at the start. Um, but as reluctant as I was at the beginning, I'm ever as I'm just as that much passionate about it now, um, because uh, motocross, like for me, was a way for me to uh, like I already always spend a lot of time with my dad, but like a lot of one-on-one time with my dad, uh, going to the races and uh, those long trips in the truck, listening to music and, and hearing stories that he would tell and stuff like that, and uh, that always super meant a ton to me. And then um, on top of that, just uh, the fact that as and I always compare this to hockey when when you're on a hockey team that's competitive and uh, say you're not the best hockey player in the world um there's times when uh, you'll you'll end up riding riding the riding the pine as they say you'll you'll be benched in the place for for other riders to get more ice time but with motocross um 
there is no ice time that gets divvied up between the team. It's you. You you show up with your bike and you pay your money and the gate drops for everybody. And that's what I've always loved about motocross is that it's inclusive. There's there they no matter how old you are, no how no matter how fast you are, regardless if you're a male, female, it doesn't matter. They've got a class for you um, at just about any event, rather other than maybe the World Vet Nationals or uh, or uh, a mini major or something like that, where they're kind of specific. But for the most part, every event you can. Think think of uh you can you can go and you can you can enjoy it and um and also the 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 pro level is is although those guys are unworldly talented it's not that far removed from uh from the amateur scene uh if you go to a local track you're expected uh to jump the same things the pros jump uh, and whether or not you choose to is your discretion but um it, i've never been been a part of a sport that just brings you so close to uh what you see on tv on saturday nights and uh and that's really what's brought me to it yeah, this this sport of motocross in general is one big family. Um, you know, it, it you go to any local track and you see family, and that's to me one of my favorite parts about the sport. Yes, um, you know, not not as much as riding, of course, but that's my next favorite thing about it. So, um, so your early years beyond your your DS uh, eighty. What uh, what was your um, what was it like on a bike? You know, what was what, what from there? Where did you go? Did you uh, go straight up to like a um, an eighty or uh, like a KX eighty or what? Uh... Okay, I'm gonna have to start this one. Yeah, over. absolutely. Sorry. No, it's, I, <laughs> it's, I I totally understand, my friend. The thing is, is that uh, like I, I, the funniest thing is, is that. Uh, my dad actually bought a KX65 for me to race when I was uh, 11 or so. I was pretty small for my age, um, but I was so slow on the DS80, and I never even saw the, K- the, the KX85 or KX65. He kind of kept it in the shed uh, as a surprise for me when I was ready to ride it. But the reality is, I never literally got fast enough to enjoy that motorcycle before I grew out of it. I never even saw it. My dad. I traded in the DS80 as well as the Kawasaki uh, 65, completely unbeknownst to me. I had no idea the bike ever existed in my dad's possession, and he went out and uh, and traded the, both those bikes in uh, for uh, a 2001 KX85 and uh, the switch from the the, the DS80 to uh, the the brand new technology. It was the first 85 available, um, and that was a huge shock for me. Uh, long travel, uh, liquid cool. The bike sounded crazy. It went fast, uh, and well, not with me on it. But um, the learning curve was—it uh, was pretty shallow for me. I'll, I'll be completely honest. I—I uh, I, I was timid on the motorcycle, and uh, it wasn't until I started going to riding schools uh, when I was 12, 13, 14 that I actually started to. Uh, accrue some speed and feel more comfortable on the motorcycle and uh, and thanks to my dad for uh, taking me to numerous numerous riding schools or private lessons with some of the local pros like Matt Ham and and Adam Pfeiffer of course mo- most people wouldn't know who those names are but if you look those guys up uh, within Manitoba motocross those are the some staples of my particular era and that's who who I idolized I, I looked up to those guys and they made me want to go fast and uh, the one thing I always remember uh, is is Although I wasn't fast, as although I may, didn't have as much skill or, or like race, I never had any race wins on an 85. Um, but um, so passionate about reading the magazines and poring over these photos and, and uh, 
needed to get the new motocross action or racer x or trans world and just read the 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 captions under the video uh, under the photos and i wasn't really a big article guy because i wasn't a, a very honestly wasn't a very good reader uh, when I was very young but uh, I just I loved the sport I loved how visual it was and uh, and I, I was totally spoiled I had uh, the, some amazing athletes to look up to not only in Canada you had Darcy Lange you had uh, John Sebastian Waugh of course across the border we had Ricky Carmichael James Stewart and I happened to ride a Kawasaki around the same era that they did so I was just like that that's like I, all I could make of that it was that uh, those guys were where um, the Kawasaki must have been the best, and I ride a Kawasaki, so I must be on that same track. So, um, but honestly, yeah, as far as like my skills on a motorcycle to begin with, um, very remedial. I, I was I took I took to it very slowly because I was a timid guy um, as a as an athlete. But uh, um, it slowly started to pick up, and I, like I say to most people, uh, when they ask how fast I am, and I'll, I'll be completely candid with you. Uh, uh, Matt, um, I'm about as slow as you can be after riding for 18 years. So uh, if that, I don't know if that makes sense to anybody, but like I'm sure there's there's people, other people that are all, obviously a whole lot faster than I am. But uh, um, like you, you can only ride motorcycles for for so long and be a certain amount slow. Like I, I, I've I'll, I I jump pretty much everything. I can I can make a, make a good photo, make a, a a photo look pretty good. Full, full motion video, maybe not the best all the time, but uh, um, I've got good fundamentals on a motorcycle, all thanks to all those riding schools I did, and uh, um, I enjoy riding the motorcycle, I, whether it be uh, a two-stroke, four-stroke, doesn't, uh, I, I have fun on both, obviously, we know that I'm a two-stroke guy at heart, but uh, yeah, the, my, my, oh, for sure, but my, uh, my, 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 earliest years on a motorcycle, I was uh, served up a, a lot of humble pie, let's just say that. Yeah, I think we've all been there, and I'm right there in the same boat. I've been riding for four years, and by no means am I a, a fast, um, fast or intermediate racer at all. I just want to have fun, and you know, the older I get, uh, it, that's all. That's all it's about. It's just having fun. I'm not out there to prove anything, and I, I have nothing to prove. I'm just, I'm doing it for myself. So, um, so I guess let's get back into this. Um, as far as podcasting, you, you you touched on what got you into it. Um, do you do you typically listen to other radio shows or talk shows, podcasts? Oh yeah, no, I'm I'm a huge radio uh, talk radio guy in general, uh, and not only just motocross. Um, I I'm huge listener to the uh, uh, like the fantasy focus uh 0610 football podcast i'm an avid uh fantasy football player and uh and those guys are, are true professionals within broadcasting they've 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 got the uh the know-how they know how to uh segue from one topic to another and i pick up a lot of uh, a lot of tips off of that, and I try and feed off of their energy with that. Obviously, uh, I still catch uh, a, a Pulpomex show here and there um, when uh, when I when I see that the, they've got a guest that uh, I haven't heard from in a while, or that I'd like to hear the story of, or maybe if there's an old, older uh, athlete that I hadn't heard from in a while, I, I, I catch those. Um, and uh, and also, I, I like whether it be the uh, just. Diff- 
different radio shows that I listen to, uh, uh, local local sports radio. I absolutely love it. Uh, I find that's my my best way to take in information. I I don't know about you, Matt, but uh, I, I like I, I try and read a fair bit more than I ever did before. But uh, my my favorite way to uh, consume. Um, like news or, or radio or knowledge is is through the radio. I love listening to it because then I can I can throw on my headphones and I can uh, go about uh, doing other things. Uh, whether I'm driving, whether I'm cooking, whether I'm uh, uh, I'm working on a piece for uh, for Dirt Buzz, I have something in my ears and I'm always trying to bring in more information and new content. So yeah, absolutely, I'm listening to um, different podcasts all the time. Uh, also, I listen to the uh, the MFCEO project with Andy Frisilla, a, a, a guy that I had on this podcast oh, about a month ago. And uh, that was a huge, huge thing for me to have him on uh, because he, he has taught me so much about uh, entrepreneurship and uh, grabbing life by the balls and not letting go and, uh, and just... Yeah, it's that that sort of stuff is really gets me going, and um, it's something about hearing it between my ears that gets me going. So uh, yeah, like you said, like I said I, I listen to quite a bit of radio, and uh, it also helps me be better at what I do. And uh, and and like I'm just a uh, I'm a bricklayer from Winnipeg that uh, decided to have his own show. So hopefully it's going well. Very nice, and uh, I'm I'm thankful for you, and uh, thank you for. Your show and Steve's show and the MSS radio show, um, my days at work would be pretty long. So, um, that being said, with, uh, with doing podcasting, do you have or did you have any hurdles at first getting into it? And, uh, if so, what, uh, what were the major hurdles? Um, one of the things, like, what, what most people, uh, don't realize with my podcast is that, um, I started out with, uh, approximately zero contacts in my phone. Um, the like, I, I wasn't plugged into the social pipeline of motocross whatsoever. Um, anyone that I got into my phone since then has been completely through uh, my ability to network and, and make phone calls and basically proposition people uh, to give me their time. Uh, my first podcast ever, uh, and if people ever go back and listen to them, they'll hear lots of ums, uhs, and some really bad audio, but I keep it there for a reason. It's just, that's a kind of a benchmark or to show people how far I've come. The first podcast I did was with Chris, uh, Chris Mellon, who owns a local, uh, like, kind of skateboard shop locally. Uh, he's a, he's a racer that, uh, had an injury in Manitoba when I was really young, and, uh, the guy is, uh, is, is an absolute legend locally, and I wanted to have his story told, and I thought that would have been a great opportunity to do so, and we did it. And uh, and from there, I started just interviewing more local guys and kind of just reach out to whoever I could on social media. Maybe they would give me the opportunity to have – have uh, have them on and, and help me help me practice and then that, honestly that was my kind of my game plan is that if if I could um, if I if I could interview just about anybody by the time I got somebody really really good or a, a big guest on my show I would have had the practice and learned what I needed to do to be able to give that person their due and and interview them properly. Um, honestly, my, my biggest hurdle uh, being from Canada and being a, a relative unknown is that just get, 
getting people to give me their time. And, uh, and, and that was difficult from the very beginning. And honestly, it still is. I still have, uh, a, a hard time getting some of the biggest names just because, uh, I don't live down in SoCal. Uh, and I don't have a lot of face time with these people, but, um, when when I'm able to get a Colt Nichols on, when I get a Jordan Smith on, uh, when I have Davy Coombs on my show talking about the the motocross nationals, uh, that that that's a, a huge feather in my cap, and it allows me to uh, to go forth with some notoriety and and know that I can um, I can ask for those big interviews because I've done them already. And uh, at the at the beginning of the, the uh, at the beginning, honestly, my biggest hurdle was the fact that I hadn't I hadn't done a big one yet. So um, it's seemingly every, at the very beginning every interview was my biggest interview at the time and uh we're 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 still climbing we're still trying to get uh the biggest athletes in the sport on the show uh in person i've interviewed just about everybody um with exception of of a few here and there but that's just uh like out of circumstance of not having them in front of me uh if you look back at the the 2017 roster of who's been on the big mx radio show uh i don't think there's too many guys i've missed Hey everyone, let's take a break and listen to some commercials quickly, then we'll be right back to the podcast. Thanks for listening. FlyRacing.com is the home of quality and innovation. The design team at Fly tirelessly rebuild and retool premium lines like the Evolution 2.0 and Light Hydrogen with features like Zipper Lock to prevent closure failures and EVO's BOA technology, which ensures the perfect fit. Complete your protective gear combo head-to-toe with Fly Racing F2 Carbon MIPS Retrospect and Fly's entry into the premium boot segment with their sector. All products and colorways are available at FlyRacing.com. In motorsports, the action pulls us in, and often we never get close enough to the exhilaration and athletes that amaze us. Although trackside seats are available, nothing gets you closer to motocross and supercross action than the collective experience. Dave Drake's has created an exclusive opportunity to get you closer to the sport you love so much. If you want an all-access experience with Adam or Tyler Enticknap, Henry Miller, John Ames, or even the cat, AJ Catanzaro, you need to check out the collective experience today. TheCollectiveXP.com, as well as the collective ex on instagram is where you can find the collective experience do so immediately the collective experience nobody gets you closer what's wrong jeff i don't know jay well you better fuel up with a nutritious breakfast with oats and bran oats and bran i didn't think there was such a thing that's what i used to think now i start out every morning with a bowl of amigos for extreme kids like us That's what I call fueling for the big ride. Hey, kids, start out every morning with a fat bowl. Hey, this is Zach Cummins. All you hosers, quit listening to Nickelback and jump on over to the Big MX Radio Show. Hey, Big MX listeners, it's time for another commercial break. Please listen carefully to these, and we'll be right back to the show. Thanks. 
WUSA is your one-stop shop for quality wheel sets in America. All of the best components built for the toughest conditions. Hit up WUSA.com, that's D-U-B-Y-A-U-S-A.com right now, and check out the custom wheel builder selection. Pick your rims, pick your hubs, pick your spokes, even pick your nipples, and see what it's going to look like on your bike. On the website, you'll drool over components like XL and DID rims, Talon and Kite aluminum hubs, Galfer and Brembo brakes, and spokes that take a licking and keep on ticking. The same wheels that you buy are built by the same guys we're building wheels for. Ryan Dungey, Jeremy Martin, Chad Reed, and the entire Geico Honda team. And I kid you not, if they are not told whose wheels are whose, they just build amazing product. And I want you guys in a set of W wheels. So do what I did and head to dubyausa.com today. WUSA, all things wheels. Hey, Big MX fans. Thanks for listening to this podcast and hope you're enjoying it. I want you guys to head on over to TractionMX.com. TractionMX is the place to get your seat covers for any bike that you have, whether it be a Husqvarna, Kawasaki, Suzuki, Yamaha, KTM, you name it. These guys have a great seat cover for you. They're durable, they're flashy, they're eye-catching, and they're one-of-a-kind. The reason why they're one-of-a-kind is because you design your own. You pick the fabrics, you pick the ribs, you pick the everything all the way down to the stitching uh, color that they use on the seat cover itself. Traction MX is your one-stop shop to set your bike apart from the herd 110%. These seat covers start at just $69.95 American, and uh, the average turnaround is a one to two weeks. One to two weeks from now, you can have a bike that's looking completely different than it does right now. So head on over to TractionMX.com, start shopping, start designing, and make something special like for you today. Going viral with Viral Brand. Viral Brand is setting its sights on being one of the leading brands in the extreme sports market. From supercross to snowcross and snowboarding, and everything in between. Viral Brand is working hard to not only bring you premium products, quality eyewear, and killer style, but award-winning support with every sport. Head on over to theviralbrand.com and get tinted lenses, clear lenses, 10-pack of tear-offs, and goggle bag for only $59.99. Viral Brand products are available in the U.S., Canada, and Australia and used exclusively by the Barn Pros Racing MX Home Depot Yamaha team for the 2017 season. Go viral with the viral brand. Um, who, uh, who would you say is your biggest interviewer? Who, who's the biggest person in the industry that you've had, had on your show? Um, honestly, and that the, the, the easy answer is, is Davey Coombs. The guy is, uh, an absolute legend 
of the sport right now and, and has been for a long time. He's, he's a contributor. He's a, a leader. He's a visionary. And, uh, and he's a mentor. Um, the guy has a work ethic like no tomorrow. And, uh, and he, he's just got such a mind for the sport because he was there. He was standing on the, on the floor when James Stewart won his very first uh, Supercross race in San Diego 2002. Uh, and, and he was there when, uh, when, when Ricky Carmichael dethroned McGrath, he, he, he literally did the post-race interview for that. And, and, um, and the guy raced professionally. He was a, a, an accomplished racer of himself, even though he was, uh, mired in the, on the KTMs when, when those weren't exactly the, uh, the, the bike of choice. Um, but yeah, I'd say he was my, my he's been my, my biggest guest. Um, but, uh, also to be able to stand in front of, uh, Chad Reed and uh, and Ryan Dungey last year at the the press conference at Anaheim One and get some time with FaceTime with both of those guys uh, and and in my opinion get get some really good information out of both those individuals. Uh, I feel like that was uh, my, uh, I wouldn't say shining moment, but th- those were big moments for me. And of course, uh, a post-race interview with Roger DeCoster, the man himself after, uh, I believe it was Anaheim 2 standing in the parking lot at Anaheim 2. Um, that's got to rank up right up there with me as well. Um, as far as uh, legendary racers to have on the show at the time, uh, absolute the absolute biggest, and I, and I think still honestly one of my favorite conversations I've had with anyone was Steve Lampson. Uh, I did almost two and a half hours with Steve uh, about two years ago when he was still uh, he was still team manager for the uh, Team Tedder Racing Team, uh, and I, I literally got that guy to dive into every story, every nook, every cranny of his his professional career and uh, I'm actually thinking of maybe re-releasing that podcast for those who hadn't listened to that one because um, that one was huge for me and uh, I like the, the, and he and he also in, seemingly genuinely enjoyed the conversation which for me is always the biggest treat because uh, these like I love talking to these guys if, if I could if I could get away with talking to them without having to record it I'd uh, I'd be doing it but uh, people like listening to them yeah um and again, I, I can't tell you how, how thankful I am for you guys. Um, I love hearing the stories and the interviews. And to, to back it up a little bit, the Davy Coombs, you know, every time you have him on your show, I make sure I listen to that one. Uh, he's, he is a wealth of knowledge. And I was fortunate enough to actually get to meet him and carry on a conversation with him at Loretta's a few years ago. And it, it was amazing to me that I was able to hear firsthand how Loretta's became what it is today. So that is something I'll always, always carry with me. And, uh, it's, yeah, it's, it's, it's good that the sport has those type of people. Um, and speaking of Davey, what, what, uh, to you makes a great interview? What, what qualities in a person or, um, what attributes to making a good interview? Honestly, my, my favorite interviews are the guys that won't shut up. Um, I, if, if I can get a guy on the phone that will, uh, that will go off on a tangent or, uh, or get straight into story time when I kind of ask him a question and really kind of take 
take the ball and run with it. Those are my favorite interviews. Uh, not only does it take a little bit of heavy lifting off of me to carry the conversation, but uh, it allows them. It, my favorite is the guys who really get the details and and guys who have really sharp memories for stuff like that. Um, guys who come to mind are guys like uh, Ryan Hughes. Uh, you could you could you could say one word to Ryan Hughes, and the guy just keeps going. Uh, it's the same thing with Mike Young. I had him on last week. The guy I believe talked for almost 10, 10 minutes without me uh, so much as saying a word. Um, and, and those are some of my favorite. Uh, honestly, some of the guys that um, are, are really good, and if you want to talk about current racers that are great interviews, Colt Nichols, I believe, is one of the best interviews in the sport. Uh, he's well-spoken. He speaks clearly. Um, he's not a really bro, but uh, he's, he's, he kind of has a cool way of, of walking you through the conversation. And, uh, it's a very warm, uh, tone that he uses when he speaks and you can sense the passion for riding motorcycles when he talks. And, uh, and that's one of the things that I really enjoy about talking to guys like him or Noah McConaughey, who like, literally you can, you can see the goofy sm- smirk on his face while he's while he's talking uh through when you, even though you can just hear his voice you can hear him smiling uh, you can see him smiling because um he truly knows that racing a motocross bike for a living is the coolest job in the world to have and honestly that's really what makes uh like kind of um my favorite thing when i have somebody on is when they're t- kind of showing me or telling me that um Racing a motocross bike is the funnest job in the world to have because for a guy like myself, a guy like you, who could only dream of having that sort of speed, you'd like to think that if you ever got to that level, that it would be a fun job to have. And when those guys really make it seem that's what, that way, it's kind of reassuring to know that uh, the, what you look up to is really what it's made out to be. That uh, That's... Sorry, I lost it. Um, so going into one of my last questions here, what uh, what's one of your, your proudest moments in doing the, the show? Uh, proudest moment? Um, oh, man. There's, there's, like with 480-some episodes recorded now, uh, it's tough to pick, pick one. Um, but uh, honestly, one of my proudest moments was to, uh, to have – when I had t- – Tony Blazer on the show for the very first time. Uh, he was a guy that I had connected with on social media um, through Instagram. The guy is an absolute well of knowledge. He's a motocross historian more than he is uh, a fan of it. Uh, the guy is is just he he just he's so passionate about the sport and uh, to be able to shed light on his passion and bring more people uh, attention to what he does was a huge uh, point of pride for me. And uh, I, I really enjoyed being able to um, shed light on his work and I've had him on a number of times and uh, just any time that I can, I can bring a really passionate, really, uh, um, a heartfelt person within the motocross industry to the, uh, a massive amount of people is, is important to me because uh, I, I, if I can shed more light on the good things people are doing within the sport, uh, that's a point of pride for me. So uh, guys guys like Tony, guys like yourself um, who, who just, they want to give back to the sport uh, because they never feel like they've given back to it enough and they just want to enjoy it. They want to see people enjoy it. And, uh, and th- those are some of the most... Uh, uh, biggest point of prize for me 
Yeah, I'm I'm a huge fan of Tony. Um, I follow him, and he he puts out some amazing content, and he he's in his own right grown the sport. You know, he's got so many followers on all of his social medias that uh, you know, there's a lot of people that pro- probably don't don't know a lot about the '80s or the '90s motocross, and he's bringing that to them, and that and that in itself is um, pretty amazing, and the time that he puts into it is, you know, phenomenal. I don't know too many people that would go out of their way to do what he does for nothing. So, um, moving on here, I guess, uh, what, uh, what would be your most embarrassing moment? Well, honestly, the most embarrassing moments, uh, of Big MX radio are ones that, uh, hopefully you guys will never hear. Um, because, and it's happened to me a couple of times. um, and, and it's totally just a total brain fart on my part. Uh, I think I got something recording, uh, or I think I've done it right and I don't. Um, I literally did about an hour with, uh, Colin Morrison, who is the, uh, the, like one of the original members of the Metal Militia. And, uh, he just basically poured his heart out, um, to me about his addiction and how hard it was and, uh, and his struggle. Um, and I looked down at the uh, my recording software for his side of the conversation after we had uh, finished talking, and realized that I had I had gotten every single ounce of my side of the conversation, but not a single syllable of his. And um, and and I don't know if you know what it's like to uh, make a member of, a, an original member of the Middle Militia angry, uh, but. <laughs> Having to break that news to him after uh, finally getting him on the phone uh, for an hour and taking up all of his time um, was uh, was probably the most embarrassing moment. Uh, thankfully, he was uh, he had some time that particular evening, and we were able to literally just redo the podcast from beginning to end. And uh, I think we even knocked it out of the park more than we did the first time. But uh, that honestly was one of the most embarrassing moments to uh, to have a, a big. Me- a big, uh, uh, a person that a lot of people know know who they are, and uh, a guy who um, just spilled his guts about his full story on uh, on his his recovery from being addicted to a, a number of substances, uh, and then literally having to break it to him that uh, I didn't catch, I didn't get a single bit of that, and we'll have to redo it. Uh, that was really difficult, but uh, we were able to do that and uh, do it again. And thankfully, you guys uh, weren't there for that. Um, as far as uh, maybe some, some one someone may have heard or seen uh, this last year at Thunder Valley, um, I, I wouldn't say I misspoke, but I just I. I kind of named uh, uh, an obstacle that uh, uh, Blake Blake Baggett kind of called me out on immediately. Um, there was like kind of a step-down jump right after where he made the pass on Eli Tomac, and I kind of labeled it as kind of like the diving board as you're coming down the hill there. And I, I, I just, without thinking, just said, I was like, oh, yeah, you went over the diving board there after you, you made, made the pass. What were you thinking? And he's like, what part's the diving board? I'm like, oh, uh, uh, uh. And that was kind of uh, kind of a funny moment, kind of an embarrassing moment. But either way, I uh, was able to walk past that and, uh, and, and finish that conversation with him. But, uh, yeah, um, every once in a while I put my foot in my mouth, but uh, not, it's, it's not because I don't care. And I think that happens with all of us, no matter what you're doing. You know, whether whether you have an office job or a radio show yourself, uh, I think you're going to stick your foot in your mouth from time to time. 
So, yes. So, uh, I've come up with, uh, five more questions here. And, um, I think we had talked before that we were going to, uh, bring those in sponsored by Vertex. So I've got, uh, yes, sir. five quick questions powered by Vertex Pistons. So first one, if you were a professional supercross racer and you were going to be coming out broken in ceremonies, what would your salt be? See, that's, that's a difficult question because like you, you kind of like, what do you do now? Do you, do you pump the crowd up? Do you find something that's more personal to you? Um, honestly, if I had to pick one song, oh man, that's not easy, but uh, I would probably go with, uh, Lose Yourself by Eminem. I just love that song and, uh, and, and the, uh, uh, kind of the, the, the vibe around it and kind of just that, that, uh, the, the battle's about to begin sort of uh, kind of uh, mantra to that song. If I had to pick a brand new song uh, to go out to, I think uh, uh, Thunder by uh, the, uh, what was that band called there? Um, uh, Imagine Dragons. Thunder by Imagine Dragons. would. If I had to pick a brand new song, that's who I'm going out to. That would be a good one for sure. Um, so, and you briefly touched on this before, uh, besides moto, what, uh, what other sports do you follow? Honestly, I'm a, I am a sports nut. Uh, I probably drive my girlfriend nuts because, uh, if like, I, we don't have, we don't have TV at home, but I have, uh, a sports package that I can watch on my laptop and we watch sports, whether it's hockey, football, baseball, um, Freestyle skiing. Most people have would have no idea that uh, I actually used to compete in freestyle skiing at a very high level in Canada. Um, very, very passionate about that. I'm actually going to Whistler next week to uh, to do some skiing. But um, uh, sports that I follow: hockey, Canadian football, which is a little bit different. I'm not going to get into that right now. And also, obviously, the NFL. Um, and uh, I I would say that I'm a Cowboys fan. I know that you're a uh, uh, a Green Bay Packers fan, but uh, I find myself with uh, with fantasy football um, caring a whole lot less about uh, what the Cowboys are doing and more concerned about what uh, my fantasy team's doing. I think that's probably the the point of fantasy football in in, in general. But uh, yeah, no, I'm I'm a football fan. Uh, I'm just a fan of athletics in general. But uh, for the most part, yeah, I'd say hockey and football. Hockey is is a sport that I still play. I play it at a, a just a, a beer league level now, but um, I still love it. Okay. Um, so, if you had that one dream sponsor for your show, what what would that one sponsor be? Whether it's a company or a person, who who would be your biggest sponsor? Uh, well, uh, honestly, like, I, I have a, a bunch of awesome sponsors. Fly Racing, I'm looking at three F2 Carbons sitting on top of my shelf right now that I haven't even worn yet, um, as well as uh, the brand new painted one that uh, Scots of Shades of Grey gave me not, not long ago. But uh, if I could pick one one uh, sponsor, one dream sponsor to uh, to really get on board and, uh, and and fund the show would honestly be an OEM. Um, I feel like if uh, if I could if I could partner up with uh, a particular Canadian OEM, like a like a, a KTM Canada or a Yamaha Canada or a Honda Canada, um, I think that would really give 
me some legs as far as uh, being able to ride more, uh, get on a new machine every year, uh, and, and kind of like uh, use it as a, a testing piece. And I think that would really um, – um, put, uh, put, put me in motion as far as, uh, as, ha- as having some, some great su- support, uh, financially. And, uh, I-, I would love to get an OEM on here. Uh, and of course, uh, KTM Canada, Husky Canada, uh, they're, they're, uh, they're actually, they are listeners of the podcast, believe it or not. And, uh, I, I thank, uh, Bruce Willis over there. Literally the guy, his name is Bruce Willis and he listens to the show. Um, I, I thank those guys for listening and, uh, and hopefully I can do some work with them in the near future. Well, maybe after this show, we can get them on. Maybe. Um, so we all have this one song. When you go out with your friends and do karaoke after you've had yes. cocktails, what's your go-to song? Well, first of all, I literally don't need cocktails to do karaoke. I, I'm I'm that guy that gets the karaoke going uh, long before the beverage gets served. But uh, the the liquid courage definitely does help. Um, the funny thing is, is I actually did a karaoke song in California, um, and I, I feel like I do a pretty good job of it. But uh, I don't think anyone else in the in the whole place even knew what song it was because I totally forgot that I was doing a, a song by a Canadian artist that most most likely none of you have ever heard of the bare naked ladies. Um, but, uh, honestly, my, one of my favorites to do is, uh, under the bridge by, uh, by red hot chili peppers. That's one of my favorites. I have, I think I know most of the words without having to read them. So, uh, if I was to pick one song for, for you and I to go do karaoke at, uh, at, at a national, the, the night before a national, I think that's, that's what it's going to have to be. Well, I'd have to brush up on that one because it's definitely not mine. Fair enough. What's what's yours then? Man, I'd be torn. It would either be possibly a country song, probably something by Garth Brooks, or maybe just maybe um, "Never Been Any Reason" by Hetty. And the only reason I picked that song is because my older brother traveled with that band for years and years and years and still does from time to time doing their, their light sound shows. And that's, that's their most popular song. And that's the one song that I would probably know. There you go. Well, I, that, maybe, maybe we'll be able to hit that up at some point. Now, is that, uh, are you, or is, is that all for the, the, the fast five or the, the quick five quick questions or did you have more there? I got one more. Number five. What is, in your opinion, what is the best, looking two digit number on a bike all right now see this this is one of this is a fa- one of the, my favorite questions uh because like there's there's a lot of like people can say oh yeah number one looks good on a motorcycle and there's some there's been some great three digit numbers over the years and uh and this this number i don't know why but it just looks good is the 39 39 just looks good on a motorcycle. Like Colt Nichols looked good with it this uh, last year. Uh, I believe it's uh, Kyle Cunningham has it this year for whatever reason. Like uh, I, I know uh, Bob Hanna re- ran it in the past. A lot of great riders. Uh, I think uh, Phil Lawrence wore it one year. It's it's a great looking number. It's kind of it's it's all it's rounded. It it looks it just looks good on the motorcycle. Number thirty nine on a on a uh, on a motorcycle is is a nice number for me. I don't know why I just like that number. Close second would be number twenty one. 
21. Okay. Uh, mine would be 33. I, okay. I, think, I think because when I first was getting into the sport, uh, Ryan Hughes ran 33. Um, that was just, for whatever reason, I think 33 looks good on a bike, whether it's a current bike or a, um, a, a vintage bike. I think the number 33 is just a nice um, brown number. Number 33 on Ryan Hughes? I thought so, and I could be wrong. Um, Hughes. I'll have to go after Mark. I'd have to look. I want to say... 94, but I I could be wrong by that. He wore 37 one of those years. I think, you know who wore wore number 33 was was Raynard. And it very well could be, and I should know this. Um, I think so. It's been a lot of years ago, though, so... um, I'm going to look that up. Do some research on that, too, and I'll get back to you. Yeah, we're going to have to... That'll be a a texting uh, conversation. uh, That's not making for good radio right now. But, yeah, no, 33, like, it's along the same lines. Very simple. Uh, A lot of, like, kind of very curvaceous number. I like it. Um, and, and honestly, yeah, that's what I go with. Number 39. I, I had that number for a, for a hot minute in 2001 before it got taken away from me by a guy that wasn't even running it, believe it or not. Not going to get into that story. But um, yeah, I like uh, I, 39 to me, Just it just looks good on the motorcycle. So uh, well, that's what we'll go with. Perfect. Well, that's all I've got. Uh, and I definitely appreciate you letting me do this. And um, I hope all your listeners uh, enjoy this. Hey, thank you for for coming on and uh, um, and doing this for me and uh, kind of conducting this interview. Uh, I think it, it's been kind of a, a thing that's been due having someone actually kind of be on the other side of the conversation, interview me, and uh, and hopefully this gave some of the listeners a better idea of of my values and kind of uh, my. Uh, direction and what I want to do with this podcast and uh, if, if it helps them uh, kind of uh, become a fan of the sport then uh, then then, then that, that's my like what I've what I've been working for is 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 being done so um, like as always my friend thank you for giving me the time I know that you're uh, you're at home taking care of your young one and I appreciate you taking the time to do that and uh, we'll have you on again soon to do some supercross previews my friend because we're just about under 30 days to uh we're about 32 days away from anaheim one one month away looking looking forward to it and uh yeah man uh actually you know what before i let you go what were your thoughts on the look of that brand new ktm factory factory edition 2018 yeah 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 really eh yeah just, just another, another new set of plastics for the for the KTM or what? I, you know, you know, I rode KTM most of this year. Um, yes, I like KTM's. I and I don't, I don't know how to say this without sounding like a complete jerk. I just don't know how good they are for the for the, the sport in general. Their, their bikes are just becoming more and more and more expensive all the time. Less and less and less people can buy them and can afford them. I don't think our sport is growing big enough, fast enough to be able to support what they're doing. I could be wrong by that, but uh, 
I don't know. They make a great bike. Don't get me wrong. I, to me, I, yeah, it's, it's just another new KTM. Just like in two more years, I'll just be another new KTM. So we'll, uh, we'll see how it does on the track from Anaheim. There we go. Yeah, no, I think uh, it's just another feather in the pocket for those guys to uh, keep leaping ahead of uh, the, prog- the progression of those Japanese OEMs. But I think, yeah, you, you do make a good point. Um, more more and more technology on those motorcycles makes them more and more difficult to work on for the layperson, which is why uh, the two of us uh, continue to mix gas and haul ass. Before right. I end this podcast, I want – and I, I am an equal opportunity – uh, podcast as far as who I promote. Uh, sometimes I'm talking about what Racer X is doing. Sometimes I'm tra- talking about what Transworld is doing. Every once in a while I talk about what Dirt Bike's doing, but not really. Um, honestly, uh, I-, I just finished watching the brand new Premix 2 awesome video. Don Maeda did an amazing job with that video. Uh, I, I would encourage everyone $14.99 on iTunes. Support the sport and support Two Strokes by going out and getting that video um, and you, you will not be disappointed. Uh, very, very well done. Um, just about every single one of the of the segments is really cool. Um, I'm not sure if it's going to become like that iconic Revelation 199 or a, a or a, a Terra Firma, but uh, I, I feel like nowadays those th- that's th- those types of moments are a little bit more few and far between than they used to be, which is a little bit disper- discouraging. But um, nevertheless, go check out that video. You're going to enjoy it. It's I don't th- think there's like one song in the whole video. Everything else is just the glorious sound. Of uh, of two strokes ripping, uh, whether that be uh, Adam C and Cerullo, um, Styles Robertson, uh, Davy Millsaps, Jordan Smith, you name it. There, there's a huge, there's a, a roster of riders all mixing gas, hauling ass, and I hope that everyone goes and checks that out. Just go buy it on iTunes and uh, enjoy. Yeah, I cannot wait to get my hands on it. And like I spoke to you last night, or when we were when we were talking last night, I was actually watching Premix One. So, there you um, go. yeah, I'm looking forward to it. There you go, my friend. Well, hey, like I said, really appreciate you coming uh, coming on to uh, to chat, and it's always a pleasure, my friend. Um, and uh, don't hang up just yet, but for podcast sake, we're going to cut it off right there. Perfect. <laughs>